Well, happy Easter again. What a joyous time it is to come and to celebrate. We have here at Centralia Community Church, we've been on a journey to Easter over the past several weeks. And a part of that journey has been our C3 Kids Ministry team um, having some fun with some of the themes that we have been teaching on on Sunday morning. This Good News broadcast, as they have called it, they've provided us with a little different perspective on those teaching themes and I want to invite you yet again for a final time here to take a look and to turn your attention to the screens as our teaching team from the children's ministry kind of shares their perspective on this morning. Welcome back to Good News. We have invited a special guest. Born in a stable, this mystery man is rising to fame, making waves with his radical teachings some of which have caused a stir in the business sector. Another false prophet or the savior we've waited for? Please welcome Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you. It's good to be here. I was honestly surprised when Peter got back to us and said you could make it because rumors were that you had died. Things got a little dicey there for a minute. Oh, really? Tell us what happened. Well, as everybody knows from the news, I was put in a trial. What were they accusing you of? They were accusing me that I was claiming to be the Son of God. Oh, that's just silly. Well, not that silly, because I am the Son of God. Well, that complicates things. So they decided to take the trial to the people. They did? They did? How did we not cover this? And obviously, the people were on your side. So this is big, good news. Who, who, didn't, who didn't cover this? Intern! Actually, the people choose to save somebody else. Somebody who had committed a crime. And not only that, they let me take the punishment. What was the punishment? Death on the cross. Ouch! That hurts! It kind of does. But you never did anything wrong. Who in their right mind would agree to let them do this to you? All of you. That, that is not good news. It's okay. That is, that is not good news. Breathe, breathe. It's okay. It's okay. I wasn't surprised. I, I kind of expected. Oh, so you escaped. Your disciples probably sprung you out of there. Nope. They did not help me escape. So you used your powers. You went someplace warm, just poof, like Cancun. Do you love Cancun? Of course you like Cancun. You made Cancun. Those Mexico beaches are sweet. But no, I didn't go there. Where did you go? I went to the cross, and I let them take the punishment on me. What? Yeah, they nailed me up there. And it took a few hours, but then I finally died on the cross. Yeah, I get that a lot. It's okay. Look, look, touch them, touch them. (laughs) It's okay. I get that a lot. But why? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hey, John, write that one down. Already got it. 
But you died. Now I can't be with you. Well, not quite. It took about three days, but I totally killed death. I was like, yeah, yeah, you are. And I won. And not just for me. I won for you. Just like that? There was a lot of planning, like hundreds of years. That's amazing. I did not come to be saved by lawmakers, people, my disciples, not even myself. I came to save you, cause you are my favorite. Now that's good news. It really is. This has been your Good News Broadcast. We'll be back with more good news real soon. Well, hey, I really appreciate the creativity of our children's ministry director, Kaya Gutierrez, and her husband, Alejandro. And uh, I have to say, I was not expecting a cameo appearance from our youth pastor, uh, Devin Burton. And I did really not picture John recording in the sombrero. But, you know, we gave them some creative license and uh, so appreciate just their, their fun and creativity with it. As well as I should mention the Gutierrez daughter, Amia, who has made appearances in many of these videos. So if you're catching us in person or online, you've seen those videos. So just thank you to them for giving us a little different perspective of this Easter story and message. Our journey to Easter has taken us in a variety of places, and it has taken us to the place of examining the love of Jesus, a love that is uncontainable, that is immeasurable, a love that really does not weigh out the cost, a God who is willing at any cost to express his love even through the death of his son, Jesus. This journey to Easter has also taken us to observing the power of Jesus, an unequaled authority, um, miraculous ability to do these miracles, these amazing things, a Jesus who was living a spirit-driven kind of life and doing things that no one could have fathomed or thought. Our journey to Easter has also caused us to reflect on the forgiveness of Jesus, to see a God who is ready and willing to forgive, a Son of God who desires to reconcile in relationship with us, and recognizing that it's in forgiveness that we truly experience freedom from God. It's certainly fitting then on this journey to Easter, which culminates in this day, that our theme is none other than the victory of Jesus. You see, it's the central message, the celebration of Easter is all about God being victorious over death. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for a moment? God, we come to you in our time to spend in your word and we commit our ways to you. God, we celebrate the exciting nature of the resurrected Christ on Easter and yet we do not lose sight of the sacrifice that was necessary to bring us to the celebration that is today. Lord, help us, whether that story is familiar or not, God, help us to hear what you would say to us today, that the victory truly is yours, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
I can remember as a kid tuning in on the TV to ABC's Wide World of Sports. Now, back in the day when we didn't have a bazillion TV channels, and I know that's hard to imagine for a lot of our younger generations, we had really probably 13 channels, the major networks and a few others kind of thrown in. And as a sports fan, I enjoyed tuning into ABC to see ABC's Wide World of Sports, and many of you probably can remember those days. In fact, maybe you can remember the text that was a part of that trailer. Went like this, spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. Now, there was no ESPN, right? No thought that there would eventually be a 24-hour network of only sports. But spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. And some of you will recognize this next phrase. The thrill of victory, right? And the agony of defeat. I can still see the long jump skier crashing over this ramp. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's wide world of sports. Some of us can replay that as if it were just yesterday. And yes, I suppose that on our theme of victory that I most equate our theme first and foremost to the sports world. And yep, many of you knew it was coming because there was a ho-hum basketball game, you might say, last night. One that was much more exciting and stressful than I expected it to be. Well, okay, it was a little more than just ho-hum, because after all, it's March Madness, baby. And we're down to two teams. Go, Gonzaga. G-O-N-Z-A-G-A. -G -A. I could just chant that for the rest of this time, but I don't want to bore you. You might say that I'm a bit of a Zags fan. I am represent, well, it's not painted on my chest. I do have one of my Zags shirts on this morning, keeping them close to my heart as we anticipate the national championship game. And unless you're living under a rock, you would at least know through some news feed that it was quite a nail-biter, quite a game against UCLA last night. Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs hits the game winner at the buzzer, almost a half-court shot. Can you say the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat? So sorry, UCLA, but you did it to us a number of years ago in the Elite Eight, so I not apologizing too much. Believe it or not, this was in my notes throughout my preparation this week. I was hoping that I would be able to share from the thrill of victory and not the agony of defeat. But either way, this is going to get covered today. You might say I'm a bit of a fan. I actually got a Facebook memory yesterday that four years ago, that Lori and I, along with a couple of other families from the church, were in Rome, and we set an alarm at 2.30 a.m., Rome time, and we were up at 3 a.m. on the iPad watching the Zags play against North Carolina in the national championship. The, the end of that game didn't go the way that we wanted. We hoped for a different result. After all, my Zags are one game away from a perfect season, 32-0, and 0, 
hopefully culminated with a championship tomorrow night. So safe to say our theme of victory is fresh on my mind this morning for sure. The fact is, is that any sports victory, no matter how remarkable, pales in comparison to Jesus' victory that we celebrate on Easter. Jesus' victory is unlike anything the world has seen or experienced. Amen? Amen? Jesus' victory is unlike any the world has ever seen or experienced for his victory over sin and death stands alone. It's in a category all its own. You see, in the sports world, the absolute pinnacle, as it's considered in sports, is to be considered a dynasty. I would suggest to you that the absolute pin pinnacle when it comes to salvation and the resurrected Christ is not some sort of dynasty, but it's for the purpose of a destiny. A destiny. You see, it's not some temp temporal title that is given on a good performance, but Christ's work is a promised eternal reward that supersedes it all. Friends, that is the victory of Jesus that we acknowledge and that we celebrate today. The Apostle Paul writes about all things, resurrection, both past and the resurrection of Christ, and even in the future of our resurrected selves in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he cites two different Old Testament prophets, Isaiah and Hosea, when he writes these words. Death has swallowed up, has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, that is the victory that we celebrate on this Easter day. We find accounts of the Easter story in the various Gospels, one of which is in the Gospel of Luke. And if you were to look into the Gospel of Luke, you could see where Jesus has been betrayed by Judas, where he's been disowned by one of his closest friends, Peter. He is mocked by many, whether just the people as a whole or the religious leaders of that day. And ultimately, Jesus is crucified on the cross. You might say that Friday's crucifixion was the epitome of the agony of defeat. They were distraught, they were defeated, they really didn't know what to expect or what to anticipate for it seemed like everything that pointed to this mission that Jesus spoke about had now been interrupted was to be no longer. Friday's crucifixion was the epitome of the agony of defeat. But on the third day, early that Easter morning, when the women found the stone rolled away from the tomb and the tomb empty, and the reality began to set in that Christ had in fact resurrected, you might say that Sunday's re resurrection represented the thrill of victory the thrill of victory and there in Luke's gospel in chapter 24 in verses 5 and 6 
It describes that there are two men that appear to the woman at the tomb. These men who are wearing lightning clothes appear to them and they say to these women, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. The women return to the disciples who have a hard time believing the story that they are told. And we find that recorded later in the book of Luke, even the two travelers to the road to Emmaus were downcast. They were distraught. Jesus walked alongside them. He, they did not recognize Jesus, and yet his words just made so much sense. And it was after Jesus had went his own way that those two came to their senses. They realized it was Jesus. And then we find that Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples. Friday's crucifixion. The agony of defeat now turning into Sunday's resurrection, the thrill of victory. Friends, the reality is, is that death couldn't hold Jesus down. Death couldn't hold Jesus down. You see, Luke later writes within the book of Acts, in the testimony of Peter to the people as the day of Pentecost has happened and as Peter is describing what we know as the gospel of Jesus Christ, Peter says in Acts 2, 23, he says, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Death couldn't keep Jesus down. So we hear and we recognize this account of the resurrected Christ who has overcome death and we wonder, so what does the victory of Jesus mean for us? What does the victory of Jesus mean for you? Maybe for some, for many of us, here today, feeling a bit discouraged, uh, a bit defeated, feeling like we're living more in the agony part of life than maybe in the thrill part of life. I mean, can we be honest? We've been through a last year that is characterized much more probably by agonizing than it has been considered a thrill. But what does the victory of Jesus mean for us? Well, I think Jesus' victory enables us to be a conqueror, to be a conqueror. In Romans 8 and 37, we're reminded that in Christ we are more than conquerors, that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, and we are called to be conquerors just as Christ has conquered in his victory. So too, we're invited into that victory to be conquerors of the things in our own lives. But Jesus' victory also enables you to be an overcomer. The Apostle John writes in 1 John 5 and 4 and 5, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Friends, because Christ has firmly established that victory, because Christ has obtained that victory, so too it enables you to be a conqueror, to be an overcomer in the things that maybe you feel you're, you're struggling to find victory over. And here's what I know to be true. 
about Christ's victory, about Christ's resurrection at Easter. And maybe some of us need to hear one or more of these statements today, that the victory of Jesus underscores first in my mind that I was never intended to live in defeat. You were never intended to live in defeat. Jesus, in fact, came so that you might have life, right? It says in John 10.10 that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Friends, you, in Christ's victory, you're never intended to live in defeat or to have your life marked simply by defeat because in Christ, we also share in his victory. The victory of Jesus underscores as well that success doesn't solely depend on me. How reassuring is that? That whatever we kind of deem as success, that that is not solely on you. That if you're a follower of Jesus, then your standing, that your righteousness is established because of the work of Jesus Christ. Success doesn't solely depend upon you. The victory of Jesus also underscores to me that nothing in my life is irrecoverable. And maybe you need to hear that as well. That nothing in your life, nothing that you have done or that you have experienced is in some way irrecoverable in God's eyes. That through Jesus we have redemption through Jesus, we have one who restores. The whole message of the cross and of Easter and of Christ's resurrection is that we have a God who gives us second chances again and again and again. It's the beauty of the grace of God not to be taken lightly or to be treated cheaply. But nothing in my life is irrecoverable. But the victory of Jesus also underscores to me that death doesn't have the final word. It doesn't. Jesus came that we may have life eternal with him and that our physical death after this life is over is not to be the permanent stoppage of our existence, that, that death doesn't have the final word, that Jesus, even as Jesus Christ overcame death and on the other side of that death that he experienced life, so too for those who will believe in him as their Lord and Savior. We have the opportunity and access to this thing we know as eternal life. The victory of Jesus underscores that I'm never in, I was never intended to live in defeat. It underscores that success doesn't solely depend upon me, that nothing in my life or in your life is irrecoverable, and that death doesn't have the final word. But bottom line, the victory of Jesus underscores to me that I too can live in victory. Friends, I don't know what your life experience leads you to today. I don't know where you have been discouraged. I don't know where you have felt in despair. I don't know what, in what area maybe you felt entirely defeated within your life. But because of the victory of Jesus, 
You can live in victory and not in defeat. In our world, when it comes to victories, people seemingly are always looking to put that tag of the greatest on someone. On someone or some accomplishment that this person might be recognized as the greatest. Guys, what I would submit to you is that Jesus Christ is the true goat. Someone's like, goat, what are we talking about? Well, goat, of course, the greatest of all time, right? That Jesus Christ is truly the greatest, not Tom Brady, okay? In case anybody was wondering, anybody but Tom Brady, please, right? I mean, most of us would say that if you're football fans. But Jesus Christ is the greatest of all time. I want to challenge you on this special Easter day to align yourself with the winner. Align yourself, align your life with the winner. Friends, when we align ourselves, when we invite Jesus Christ in a relationship with us, maybe as imperfect and anything but the greatest we are in our own expression, comes a God who is perfect, comes a God who is the greatest, comes a God who has been victorious over sin and death. And when you align yourself with the winner, you can't go wrong. Let me ask you today, where do you need victory in your life today? Where do you need victory in your life today? I want to encourage you that wherever that may be or in multiple points of your life, that the experience of Easter might bring the opportunity to surrender your life, surrender your will, surrender your plan or control to God. Where do you need victory in your life today? May we hear the words again of that scripture that we read earlier. Thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to invite the rest of the team if they'll come back to the platform. And we're going to turn our attention this morning to a few minutes of how we might respond to a God who has sacrificed it all, to a God who has given all, to the Son of God who has been victorious over all. And our opportunity to respond is an opportunity to reflect on how Jesus' victory impacts us personally. We're reminded of our predicament in the book of Romans. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And our opportunity to respond 
Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, we have access to a victorious life because we have access and an invitation from a victorious Son of God who dispelled death, who took on sin straight on, who gave his life and was resurrected so that we may be victorious and we may have life. I want to pray with us in just a moment. But I also want to explain as we're going to take some time to respond. You have multiple ways that you can respond today and respond as God would lead you and some of the stations that we have here around the sanctuary over to your far right at the cross is an opportunity to maybe just simply on a card to write something that you need Jesus victory in and to tack it to the cross as your way of committing that to him of course in the expression of prayer we have our altars of prayer and over to your far left is our prayer wall a place where you can write and leave a prayer request or that you can also take a prayer request that we can support each other in prayer back over to your far right with the candles is a chance for you to simply light a candle for yourself or on behalf of someone else and invite the light of Christ into those circumstances or even over to the far right is an opportunity of communion, the body and the blood of Christ. For us to take the leading of God as he directs us in, in what he wants to say to, the, to us in these moments before, then I'll be back up to close. But would you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, we thank you that you are a God who is overall, that Jesus Christ has been victorious. As we reflect on that victory, God, may we also reflect on the places and the needs within us where we need Christ's victory over within our own experience in life. Jesus, thank you that you are victorious. We honor you as we respond to what you're saying to us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray.